Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. listening to Light the Fight podcast, and I'm Heidi Swap, and my trusty companion, David Kozlowski, is in Hawaii, and so I don't feel bad for him at all. I, I feel bad for myself, actually. <laughs> so um, here I am, and I will say Brandon, um, our producer, is is here just for some some backup, right, Brandon? Yeah, moral support, He's... whatever's needed. <laughs> so David was like, he said something like this. Heidi, do you think you can handle it by yourself? Like, what kind of a question is that? Right? I was like, um, of course I can. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Did he lead off with a statement before? Well, I don't. I think we were already on, on the same page, probably. <laughs> no, I... um. Last week, I knew that I knew that David was going to be on vacation, and um, I think that my extreme jealousy was um, creating. <laughs> no, I really am happy for him, and I hope he's having a great time. So, Dave, if you're listening, um, stop listening right now because this is work. Turn off your work brain. <laughs> if you're trying to check up on me, yeah, I'm going to go rogue. So you may as well just turn it off now. <laughs> no. So I've kind of had the last week to really think about what I was going to do, what I was going to talk about while I was here all alone with just Brandon to to keep me in check, which, you know, Brandon, I'm old enough to be Brandon's mother, so he can't really keep me that in check, right? Yeah, no, I don't think I'm just a moral support button pusher. I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't, no, I don't know, I don't know what's it. expected. Yeah, <laughs> David, uh, this will not fall on my shoulders. Did David whatever like said. text you and say, make sure Heidi doesn't say anything that's going to make people not want to listen to our podcast? I haven't texted David since he left to Hawaii. Well, that was smart. Yeah, yeah, we that's vacation is good. Um. So basically, what I did was I had these three topics that I was considering. And I started thinking, okay, well, maybe I should put it out there. Maybe I should be like, okay, let's take a poll. And then I was afraid that either people would say, no, I don't like any of those topics. Or people would say, or nobody would just, it'd be crickets. And then I'd be like, oh, they're bad topics. Or people would say, do all the topics. And then I would be overwhelmed. And, or we, I would just want to, you know, kick David out. None of those were really great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> solution. So, no. Um, so basically, I um, have settled in on a topic that I think is important. So I did kind of some um, unofficial polling of individuals that I know, um, friends of mine, just to kind of get a feeling of what 
what was kind of striking a chord. And interestingly enough, the conversations I was having were kind of settling on the same um, topic that I was that I was leaning towards. And so, um, so that's what that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I will say that you know, oh, as you guys know, I'm not a therapist. And I, I like to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> um, and like you, like most of you, um, I feel like I'm still learning a lot all the time. Um, and what I want to share with you is, is actually this little light bulb moment that I had personally in our last parenting workshop. Now, for those of you who might be new to our podcast, just really quickly, um, we have we've created a a it's a day and a half long workshop. It's a really um, a deep dive kind of into some of the. I mean, I think that if if you were to like compare the podcast, the podcast we kind of scratched the surface on several topics. And um, the parenting workshop is kind of a deep dive into um, some really specific things that are really foundational to what we've been talking about. Um, before we started the podcast, I was like a coaching client of David's. And as we would sit, uh, as, as I would talk, talk to him, and usually coaching clients, we would like meet up for lunch or at a restaurant um, and, or even talk on the phone. And it was never like, okay, come in and sit on the couch. And, and it, it wasn't exactly therapy. It was, it was more um, strategies for dealing with situations. And I'm not really sure because I've never really been to David as a therapist. I've never really gone to a therapist. I don't know how coaching and therapy really differ. So that's something we could probably talk about with David. Write that down, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the difference. Um, but what was happening is that as we were coaching and I was having these light bulb moments over and over, um, that's when I started saying to David, you know, do you have like, a curriculum or do you have a, a syllabus or something that you kind of go through so that you make sure that you've talked about all these things with all these people that you're teaching. And that was kind of where the podcast started to be born um, was that these individualized little topics or lessons that were actually emerging from problems that I was presenting or struggles that I was having. And I think that, um, from what I understand, mostly that's what happens is when you talk to a therapist. I mean, Brandon, you, you've actually gone to real legit therapy, right? Yes. Yes, I have. So you kind of go and you kind of bring a problem or a situation, right? Did you think, say that? I think so. Well, usually that's what gets you there. Like my mom was the one that brought me to my therapist and it was just our relationship or I was an angry kid or I was sleeping too much or homework. I can't remember exactly what it was, but usually it's, and kind of think of how David's explained it, is there's a lot of putting out fires with different problems and trying to figure out different solutions to those problems of things that are right now, and then learning tools while in the fire instead of 
I think maybe with coaching or I know for sure with the workshop where it's here's all the knowledge. We're going to give you all the tools, the strategies up front. up front to get it done and then apply it to situations instead of having situations that need to be figured out right here, okay. right now. And then a tool is given along the way. Yeah. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, whatever the case may be, I kind of took this information that I was gaining and we worked to put it into curriculum that created the parenting workshop. As a sidelight, Brandon, what is the date? I know that we're doing a parenting workshop in April. Yes, April 5th and 6th here in South Jordan at NOS Event Center. Okay. So it's the first weekend yes. of April. So that's the next one. Anyway, so the last one we had was in February, which was actually our third. So this will be our fourth. And I feel like for me, um, I'm kind of, I kind of gained something new. Um, or something impacts me differently at each workshop. And I really think that it's coming from this a diversity of, of a crowd. Everybody that comes brings their experiences, their situation, their questions, which then kind of takes us in a little bit of a different, um, a different path each time, which at first made me feel really uncomfortable because I was like, I come from that where you – you teach a crafting class and you follow the instructions and you start with instruction number one and you do the steps and you end up with the project that looks a certain way and everybody goes home happy knowing what they expected to get. Um, anyway, so I think that at this workshop, I have gained different things. And so this is one of the things that really hit me. So, and, and, I don't know if this is, this isn't really so much of a spoiler alert, but one of the sections that we give a lot of emphasis on in the, in the parenting workshop is something called shame-based parenting. And we kind of, we kind of call this session or this section break the cycle. Um, and we talk about how shame-based parenting is a learned behavior and it's shame you know you can say shame-based fill in the blank it can be shame-based um culture or shame-based at leadership or management or coaching or what whatever it is um when people started throwing around this concept of what does shame-based mean, um, I was a little bit lost. Um, so that's why in the parenting workshop, I really wanted to define that. And so um, when we do our Don't Freak Out events, we kind of touch on this concept or, you know, if, if you would just imagine a, a spectrum we talk about on one side of the spectrum, you have a, sh a shaming parenting situation and the other side of the spectrum. So like you have the extreme right or the extreme left and those don't like go along with whatever the political views are. I'm just, I'm just saying like two, two North and South poles. Um, the other side would be a coddling parent. Um, and so we kind of define that. I think a lot of us are really familiar with the word shame. 
and what shaming means. Um, so in the, in the parenting workshop, we, we are talking about shame-based parenting. And um, as we were having a conversation among the students, something kind of opened up to me in my own life. And so I want to insert an important highlight here. And that is that whether it's this podcast or whether it's our workshop or whether it's the Don't Freak Out event or whatever it is that we do here at Light the Fight, our objective, my objective, is that we'll take this information on board for ourselves. That as, a, as an individual, we will, we will see how we can adapt and adjust and evolve and change ourselves and not think, oh, okay, this is for somebody else in my relationship, the other person in my relationship to make changes. Um, okay, so with that in mind, I was thinking to myself, okay, what does it mean to be self-shaming? And, um, and so that's what I want to talk about here today is self-shaming. I want to talk about what that is. I want to talk about what the opposite of self-shaming is so that we can kind of understand it by looking at both sides of it. And then I want to talk about what the effects are on those people that we're in relationships with as we practice self-shaming or the opposite of self-shaming. And, and I, I don't know exactly what the right word is for it, but I'm going to call it self-love and self-respect. And sometimes here on the podcast, if David was here, he would call it probably best friending yourself. Um, and we've talked about that um, in a couple, a couple different times. Um, so I want to, I want to just kind of make sure that we all are on the same page of what the definition or what it means to be self-shaming. Now, the reason why this, um, I, I'm just going to be right up front. The reason why this stood out to me and impacted me so much and I left kind of with this really different perspective of it is because I am really awesome at self-shaming. Um, and I think, I think there's different reasons why I self-shame. And I think one of them is just to like manage my expectations of myself. Um, the other one is that I'm, I would rather that everybody had <laughs> expectations of me as well. <laughs> Um, but 
I don't I don't know exactly if it's it was modeled to me by my parents or my grandparents um, or going back or if it was modeled to me by friends or by society or if that's just like as I perceived the world, that's how I felt like you should be. Like it wasn't okay to really respect yourself um, or in this, you know, fast forward to being an adult in this world of a lot of comparisons if I just felt like I wasn't ever measuring up to what I thought, where I thought I should be maybe at this stage in my life or, or whatever. So this is, this is something that has a very personal, um, a personal <laughs> impact on, on me. And I think that this, looking at in this different way has helped me a lot in the last couple of weeks. So to just define it, um, it's a, a painful feeling, number one. Um, and I think that we can all relate to things, to, to times and um, areas of our life that we have painful feelings about ourselves. And that doesn't even have to be every area. Like there may be some areas in our life that we feel pretty good about. Like, you know what? I'm really good at cleaning the bathrooms. And that makes me feel good. And so, you know, you would never shame yourself about cleaning the bathrooms maybe or whatever. Um, and even here on the on the podcast, you know, I've shared like feelings of shame that I have about the, you know, my cooking or my exercise or, um, you know, my own body image, my mother my, my parenting, you know, and so I think that there's a lot of areas that I have, I feel painful feelings about. Um, the second part of it is feelings of humiliation or distress. I think that feelings of humiliation, um, can certainly exist when things go wrong. And sometimes I think that that's where the fakeness comes in in our lives where, and, and I don't even know if I want to say fakeness or just like putting on your best face or putting, like trying to make it look like everything's great just so that we don't have to let everybody else in on the humiliation that we might experience. Um, distress, I think certainly, um, whether it's, you know, we all kind of have, distressing feelings in areas inside. Um, and they may be areas that other people know about. They might be areas that they don't want to know about and that we don't want anyone to know about. So that's the, that's the interesting thing about self-shame is that it can go really deep into places that maybe nobody even knows. Um, and so I think that it can be caused by, number one, believing that we're wrong or bad. Number two, believing that we don't measure up and we're not good enough. Um, and number three, and the worst thing is, is like really having hateful or loathing feelings for ourselves. Um, and the reality is that 
like again, I, I want everybody to kind of think about like a pie chart of yourself. And you may even have some really big areas of that pie chart that you feel pretty good about. And you might even just have like one or two little slivers of that pie chart that are that humiliation or that distress, painful feelings. And that little teeny sliver might negate everything else in the pie chart, which is weird, right? Because that's never how we would look at it in a business model or, um, you know, even in a priority model or anything like that. It's, it's just interesting when some of the smallest issues can cut the deepest or be the most painful. And not small of importance, but small in percentages of our personality or percentages of our life, right? Um, okay, so hopefully that kind of defi- de, um, defines it. And I want to use some words now. And these words describe self-shaming. And if you're taking notes, um, I want you to write these words down, okay? Um, The first word is criticize. The second word is sarcastic. Number three, condemning. Number four, comparing. And number five, drudging up the past. Okay, everyone just take a deep cleansing breath. (laughs) So I'm not, I want to take a minute and I don't want you to think about anybody else. I don't want you to think about your spouse or your children or your parents or anybody else that has impactful roles in your life. This is just you v. you, okay? Do you criticize yourself. Are you sarcastic and make self-deprecating comments to yourself and to others in conversation? Do you condemn yourself? Do you make negative comparisons between yourself and anything, real or fake. And do you spend time beating yourself up about crap that was that happened in the past? Do you that's do nothing about? Um this is real stuff. Of course we do these things. Of course we do. Um, I think, I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's a natural behavior. Like, you're human and so you do this. Or if it's a learned behavior. Oh, my mom and my dad did this. Or my, you know, everybody does this and so now I'm going to do this. 
do we see our favorite characters on television do this? Do we notice our friends do this? And so then we do this as well. Not exactly sure. Um, but it's something that almost is accepted. In fact, when people are talking about themselves like this, we almost feel more comfortable or feel like, oh, okay, well, if if you're not that great, I'm not that great, then I guess we can hang out or, or whatever. You know, like there's this some, like there's kind of a safety. Um, now, just like we talk about in coddling and shaming, I want to talk about another side of a spectrum that is arrogant. And almost like so puffed up and so annoying that you just want to like, and, and this is somebody that just like, oh man, I am awesome at that, you know, or, or, you know, just like full on bragging, full on bragging to the point that somebody that makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you feel You know, I don't know, because, and maybe even if, if I'm cautiously say the word not narcissi- narcissistic, um, I say cautiously because like, again, I'm not like therapist or researcher or anything. So I, I don't want to like use words that I don't really completely understand, but nobody wants to be that either. And, um. And so I kind of want to suggest or introduce a place that isn't arrogant, that isn't um, so, hmm, I don't even know what the word is, like almost untouchable or too perfect or, you know, not relatable or not approachable. Um. I want to say some words now that would would be like an alternative or a goal. And the way that that this list emerged was basically talking about the opposite of that word that list of words that I asked you to to write down. So I'm also going to ask you to write down this list of words, particularly if you're taking notes. <laughs> um, okay, so here's this list of five words. The first word is honor. The second word is respect. The third word is admiration. The fourth word is happiness. And the fifth word is approval. Now, when we talk about this list of words, I want you to notice that it's very much not 
an arrogance or thinking that you're better than somebody else or being unrelatable. And it's certainly not being criticizing, condemning, self-shaming. This is the opposite of both of those places. So I want to ask you these difficult, this kind of difficult question. Do you honor yourself? Do you honor your story? Do you think to yourself, you know, I have been through some hard things and I hold a reverence and an honor for what I've been through and what I've learned. Um, do you have respect for your story and yourself? Do you look at the difficult things that you've been through and that you've faced and that you've achieved and say, you know, I respect you. I respect myself that I continue to put one foot in front of another. Or I respect that I didn't give up. Or I respect that even though that was really, really hard, you know, I, I still did it. Or even if maybe you wish you would have done it differently, can you say to yourself, I, I did what I could in those circumstances with what I had to work with, and I respect that. Um, admiration. Can you look at your achievements? Can you look at what you've done and what you add to the world and what you add to your family, to your sphere, and admire your work, admire yourself, admire your, who you are. Can you, can you, you know, this is a, this is a tough one (laughs) for me, but can you be happy where you are? Can you be happy with what you have and just stop and say I don't need more I don't need less I'm happy with this and this last one which is which is tough as well can you give yourself approval Brandon's making all kinds of really strange faces as I'm talking I relate to all of those I'm sorry um <laughs> <laughs> uh, facial expression. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just going to sit here in uh, awkwardness for a little bit as she asks these questions and I take them personally. I mean, um, we've talked before about how when you feel something around us when we're talking, um, that you just kind of pat your, you pat your heart twice. Um, and that's a, sh- a showing of, yeah, I feel you. 
and um, Brandon was doing that. And, and of course, I think that there's certain areas, like if we go back to the pie chart, there's certain areas that even Brandon can respect himself for. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brandon, I got to give you crap, you know? Well, do you mind if I ask you a question? No. Especially, know. so you have your own brand, you're successful in that, you've been doing that, and your mother, you're older than I am. And for me, being younger being 22 and trying to figure out life and you say, can you be happy with where you're at? And do you give yourself approval? Where's the balance with like, okay, if I have all these goals, what's the realistic expectation of I can be happy right now, but I can still strive for more. Cause at least from what I see, especially from online gurus or coaches or whatever it is on social media, it's want more, strive for more, always want more. But that's always led to me being like, well, I'm not happy where I'm at. It's like, okay, I get the win, but what's the next thing? Or, because like you're talking with the pie chart, yeah, I may have 75% good and 25% bad or whatever the percentage is, but I want to be quote unquote successful. So I just focus on that 25% to get better. And when I do get a win, it's like, well, I'm not where I want to be end goal. So cool, great. That's awesome. Box check, but what's next? And I can, I haven't, I don't know when I can say I'm genuinely give myself approval for where I'm at or where I'm happy with where I'm at. I may be satisfied I'm not where I was a year ago, but I wouldn't say I'm happy in the moment. So, I mean, you've had a lot more experience at it than I have, and we're not perfect by any means, but what suggestions or, like, how do you deal with that? Well, I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> so now where's David? No. Um, you know, I, I'm going to share one story, and I can remember this about – I'm trying to think how many years ago it was. Maybe 12 years ago. And I had kind of set a goal for what I wanted my sales to be in my business. And I remember getting like the email of the spreadsheet and opening it up and seeing that we had surpassed the sales goal of, and it, like it was a lofty goal. And I looked at that number and I thought, hmm, I wonder why I don't feel happy. Because I really thought that if I hit that goal of what equaled success to me, that I should be happy. But I wasn't. And and that doesn't mean like I wasn't happy about that. I I was glad. But like my life wasn't perfect. And there wasn't just like sunshine and rainbows and nothing else to worry about. You know? I remember buying a book And it was written by a guy that I really admire who owns a company called Compendium Publishing and his name is Kobe Yamada. And I wish I could remember the name of the book right now because I can see it in my head. And um, 
Maybe David wouldn't approve of it because it's all about asking yourself questions. <laughs> um, but in the foreword of it, it says, the best answers are found by asking the best questions. And one of the pages in the book said this. If you can't be happy with what you have, how can you possibly be happy with more? And I remember being about 32 and reading that and thinking, of course I could be happy with more. Because <laughs> that's all I wanted was more. I wanted more money and more vacations and a nicer house and nicer clothes and nicer everything. And I remember really thinking about that. Like, take a minute and really think about that. If you can't be happy with what you have, how can you, be, how can you possibly be happy with more? And as I thought about that, it was like, you're right. If you can't be happy right where you're at, how can you be happy in your next step? And how can you have you be how can you be happy in, as you start adding more stuff? Does one of that next step just become the same step if you're never appreciative of it? Right. Or or, or if you're not getting it, if you're not getting where that happiness is coming from. Now, I want to give this shout out to this girl that I follow. I don't, I don't know her very well. Um, somebody that I follow on Instagram. And she's, she's younger than me, a lot younger. And she has younger kids. And her name is Simply Sadie Jane. I actually don't know her real name. Is it Sadie? Is it Jane? I don't know. But... She talks a lot about self-love. And I've been following her for a couple of years, and I've watched this evolution in her. And I'll tell you right now that, I mean, I'm sure she's not perfect. I'm sure she doesn't, like, I'm not saying that she's perfect. But she did a post, and I kind of want to pull it up really quick. I don't know if I can do it quick enough to, um, since we're live, I wasn't really planning on talking about this. Um. She did this post that I thought, man, this person knew a lot more. She posted it um, five days ago. And I have been thinking about it so much ever since because there is, like, tremendous wisdom in it. Okay, so so this is a girl. She um, When I first started following her, she was – um, really into health and into exercising. And I've watched her kind of transition into um, yoga and wellness. And, and recently it's just been this really beautiful manifestation of self-love and self-acceptance. And, and exactly these things that I'm talking about, honoring yourself, respecting yourself, admiring yourself, and, okay, so this is a post that she's sitting in her 
living room and I know that they were getting ready to move. I only know that because of social media. Like, you know, we're not, I don't, I don't know her very well. I'd like to know her more, but this is, I'm just going to read this. This is after I sent the kids off to their last day of school, because they're moving. I walked into the house to a disaster of boxes and toys, dried up wipes, electronic cords, and cereal on the floor. I took a deep breath and I looked around me. Like I really looked. Immediately I felt overwhelming joy for each toy car, each sticky spot, each sock, which I can promise you I haven't felt that before. It's been a beautiful mess living in such a small space as a family. We've grown more in these last four years than we ever have before, and I finally saw that. I saw what was really in front of me, maybe for the first time ever. These messes are memories, and I will not have this home ever again. Every misplaced thing and food stain and pen mark has a story. So this morning I sat in the I sat in those stories and I meditated in them one last time before Je- Jeff walked in on me and snapped this picture. Another memory I will forever cherish. And then she said, cherish your messes before they come faint memories. And you see this picture of her kind of sitting in her living room um, in kind of a meditative spot. And, I mean, I've seen worse messes, so, you know. Then she takes a video and really showcases the entire mess. And I thought, you know, she's totally honoring her mess. And she's accepting the imperfection. And she even admired it. She even looked at it and was like, huh, there's toys and there's pen marks and and diapers and whatever and from that spot she approved of it I'm sure she wasn't thinking this is how I want it to be forever every day I want to just sit in this mucky mess no that's not what she was thinking but she was able to be right there where she was and say I can find I can gain happiness from this I can feel the happiness in this I can respect this part of my life. And I don't think that takes anything away from the fact that maybe she's moving into a nice big new, I don't know what she's moving into, frankly. Does that make, does that make sense? You you want to know what it made me think of? Uh-huh. Just because I've known you two and a half, three years. Yeah. I think it was at the pizza place. I think it came with David after it was like the second or third conversation you had with David. And that was after Corey passed and things were going on in that situation. And just after everything we've done being, you know, the background, helping out with the first responder events, the don't freak out events, the workshops, the podcast is you're starting to do that with your quote unquote mess. I mean, losing, I can't even imagine. I, I mean, David's, said, like, could you even imagine losing your little brother, let alone a kid? And I was like, there's absolutely no way. So the fact that you do this, that you spread this message, that you talk about it, the same thing that you're giving her kudos for 
you're doing you've done the same thing with Corey and everything the conversations we've had privately you're honoring that situation and honoring yourself for being in that spot and when you were saying I guess the metaphor of mess and the different things and cherishing the messes while you have them and you talking about rugby before you got on the podcast it was nice to watch rugby again and different stuff is I think you're doing exactly what you're hoping that you can do well I will say that like the reason why I'm talking about this the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I was sitting there at the at the parenting workshop and we're talking about you know why we can't be shame-based parents. And suddenly I had this moment where I realized that if I continue to self-shame and live in self-shame, that I'm showing my kids how to self-shame. I'm demonstrating it to them like really predominantly when I talk about how much I suck at making meals or, or planning meals or, or whatever, or, you know, when I, there's something where I, I feel like if I vocally express my inadequacies that maybe they will be pardoned somehow or, or I'll acknowledge, yes, everybody, I know I suck at this, so you don't have to, like, think it in your heads <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about me. Um, but what if my kids, and I, and I, I, I agree with you, I've, I've tried really hard to honor Corey. Um, and in that, trying to honor Corey, I have to, I have to give myself grace. Why is it so much easier to give everybody else grace and honor everybody else in their story and hard to honor yourself? I mean, the still line from David is he talks about best friending yourself and you mentioned that, but he's told me in conversations before it's if you can be your best friend, then you also can be your worst enemy. And I relate to you a lot in the fact that we both struggle with self-shame and like it can be super empathetic for everybody else except for ourselves and it's super hard and just as you were talking, what kind of came to my mind was the most I've ever seen my friends or my family hurt because of something I've said is when they pay me a compliment and I can't take it or I can't allow, and I've been talking to a lot of friends about this lately, is I feel like I have this layer that people can't connect with. And I just think just listening to this conversation is because that's self-shaming, is I can't accept a compliment or how they view me or if if it's dating that somebody's actually attracted to me because I'm not attracted to myself or I don't like myself or I don't believe those things. But that's also the most pain I've seen on somebody else's face from something that I've done that I'm doing to myself. And I don't have the answer of why do we do it to ourselves? I know I think part of it is that 
it's natural because we want to improve and we want to improve. But also we just live in a society where we clamor for weird things. We clamor for more money and it's not a bad thing to have more money or to have nice things, but that's always kind of what's being driven. And nobody's really modeling for us how to have that self-respect and how that self-care. I mean, what? On the on Instagram, how many posts do you think were like hers compared to the other ones that were about getting right. more? Like, what's that ratio? Well, I want to, this cute Simply Sadie Jane, I want to <laughs> share what she posted. Um, she actually posted this today, and I read it this morning. And again, it made an impact on me. Um, so it's it's kind of a graphic, and I hope she's not mad. I hope that she's not mad at me. <laughs> Sadie or Jane or Sadie Jane or whatever her name is. Uh, maybe I should look at. Maybe it's in her profile. Sadie Jane. So maybe it's just Sadie. Maybe, maybe she goes by Sadie Jane. Anyway, if anybody can confirm, please uh, send us a direct <laughs> message <laughs> to confirm. <laughs> let, let me know. <laughs> but it says um, the graphic says, "How are you?" And then it says, I'm great. Let's get together soon. And that's crossed out. And below it, it says, I've really been struggling lately. I wake up with anxiety. And I feel sad a lot. I would love it if you stopped by. I could use a hug. But we would never do that. But we've all been in this place where we wake up feeling anxiety. And somebody texts us or somebody calls and we're great. We don't want to say anything. Um, because it shows weakness. Are we... You know, I appreciate what you just said. Like, there's this place where you can't connect. Because that's exactly what, that's exactly what self-shaming does. And so for parents out there who have thought to themselves, I just don't know how to connect with this child or with my spouse or with this neighbor. Or, you know, fill in the blank. Or yourself. This self-shaming monster that makes you hate yourself, that criticize that you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read those words that that criticizes and that condemns and that compares and that that brings up every mistake, that remembers every mistake that you've ever made. And that person can't connect because they're too busy hating themselves and too busy resenting themselves and too busy thinking that nobody would would possibly want to connect with them. And I, th- I think the thing that I want, I, I want to point out is that I do think that it's part of a human condition to have some of these feelings. And so part of this evolution that 
that we're talking about here at Like the Fight is, number one, realizing, okay, I do this. This is part of my culture inside my head. And what do I actually have to do in order to fight that? Number one, we got to shine some light on it, which is what we're doing today. We're saying, okay, if we continue, if we continue to shame ourselves and talk to ourselves negatively and feel negatively and hold ourselves in that spot, we can't make connections. That, that's one drawback is that we can't make connections or real connections, should we say. Number two is that we're exemplifying that to those around us particularly our kids, who maybe, you know, when I say that self-shaming is a human condition, go into like a kindergarten class or play with a four-year-old. They're not shaming themselves, right? These little children who haven't learned that behavior, who haven't been shown that, oh, no, you're supposed to think you're stupid. You're supposed to think that you're dumb. You're supposed to think that, you know, you're not as good as somebody else. Like, when does, when does that happen? Let's make sure that it doesn't happen from the mom, from the dad. <laughs> and obviously, if it has or if it is, because we probably can't help it. Let's make a conscious effort to work against that. Um, and I think that it has to be done, like to me, I think it has to be done in these bite-sized pieces. Kind of like what you just said, Brandon, is how can I be happy if I want so much more? And that, I think that's a really huge question. But I think that you can kind of create this area of, okay, I am happy with this. Based on where I am right now and what I have and where I've come and where I've progressed. Yeah, I am happy about that. You know, I was driving on my car, driving on my car and, and I was thinking, you know, man, I'm thankful for this car and for these tires and for this road and for the people who made up the laws. And, you know, <laughs> like I, got, I got like way out. You know, I think that, I think that it's this conditioned thing of where we can say, all right, yeah, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm going to honor where I am right now. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know the answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think gratitude plays a huge role in it. If you're, if you're not actively being grateful, it's super easy to take take for granted everything that we had. I, I think that that's huge. And something that was coming across my mind is 
when you were talking about when we don't reach out to people or we say, hey, I'm great, let's get together, like that post said, is there any bigger self-respect than saying and then actually doing something and, and having an action? Like, I, I think it was maybe at the Don't Freak Out event, maybe it was the workshop that there was an example of a mom will just come out and put a puzzle on the table and she'll just start doing the puzzle. And she just made a statement that, hey, it's in the kitchen. Anybody can come and finish the puzzles just for a statement for her kids that she's open and available. Is there a bigger statement or thing of self-respect than going out there and saying, hey, I need help or reaching out to somebody or even like if we want to get out of self-shaming, doing something to stop the self-shaming, maybe it's just working on an insecurity. Maybe right. it's saying, I don't want to do this at all, but because I respect myself and I love myself, I'm going to do this, even if it is tough. It's like tough love, like getting up early to go to the gym or whatever it is. That Maybe that, that actual statement, because I think at least a lot of times for me and how anxious I am is if I start telling myself I'm doing good or if that's all inside of my head, I have too many negative thoughts and too many thoughts going through as it is already that it doesn't really make as much headway as saying, okay, despite all the noise I have in my head, I'm going to go do this. And that's just a statement to yourself or mm -hmm. to your mind that's arguing with itself that, well, despite that, I'm going to go do something. And I think that is, I mean, that's helped me when I've done it, I'm not doing it right now, obviously, as I was, as <laughs> we're sitting here is not the experts. David, thanks for being in Hawaii. Don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> But I think We're that would be helpful. We're just having a non-expert conversation. Yeah, yeah I'm just, I, I, I think I've barely been a year out of high school longer than I was in it. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what life is. Well, I think that you do know more than you think. And, um, and I think that, I don't know, like, I, I look at some of the, the girls who are maybe 15 for 20 years younger than me. And there's a different, you know, there's a different mentality. And um, I did, I did see the world a lot differently than how it looks today. And I think that's, you know, that's part of our journey. Um, but I really admire, like in our community kind of here there's a lot of girls that do speak out about like okay being a mom is hard I feel isolated I need to connect that kind of thing and you know like nobody talked about postpartum depression when when I was having my babies which isn't even that long ago but um our society is moving towards this and I think that I have personally, like one of the things that I've started to do is fill my social media feed with people who teach and practice more self-love. I know it's a problem for me. Um, and it's something that I would like to improve on. And, and that doesn't, that doesn't say that like, like I've said, and, and like you just pointed out my pie chart, there are a lot of things that I really feel good about and find joy in. And I wish that I could just focus on that, on those areas that like are going well and that I feel great about. But there's these couple of little areas that aren't going well and that 
I allow to really create the tone that I'm living in and that I'm hearing. And um, I think that in, unless we kind of talk about it, realize it, and understand that when we live in that place, of criticism, sarcasm, condemnation, comparisons, and living in the past, if that's going on in our head, it's really easy for us to criticize and condemn and be sarcastic with the people around us. Oh, absolutely. And so the way that we're talking to ourselves becomes an immediate extension of the way we're talking to ourselves to the to the way we talk about to and about and with those who are around us. And so I think that the first step that every single one of us can do right now with whatever sliver of our pie chart we kind of are discouraged with or feel painful thoughts for or towards is that we can consider those other words that I mentioned. Can we honor that mess? that we're sitting in? Can we acknowledge the fact that, yeah, it's not perfect, but I can love this and I can, I can see why I'm here. And even though this isn't going to be where I stay, this isn't my end point, I acknowledge this and I approve and I respect this. And I can feel some happiness right here, right now. And, and I, can, I can love this, even if this isn't my final destination. You know? And I, th- I think that we don't have to, like, I don't think we have to demonstrate it or prove it to anybody. But I think as this s- starts to infiltrate our thoughts, it will start to the extension of our thoughts of honoring and approving and respecting ourselves by extension will start to honor and approve and respect others where they are and um i don't even think you know <laughs> i joke a lot like that there you've probably heard me say this too before that there's this like What's the secret to happiness? Lowering your expectations. No, lower them. Lower. No, lower them a little (laughs) bit more. You know, that's the secret to happiness, right? And I actually kind of think that if we really like honor and respect and admire, we actually kind of remove an expectation. Like what if you were to take all of your expectations and just remove them? And say, right here, right now, I, I, I feel, I feel good about this. I, I know where I've come from. I know what I need to do. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself some credit for being right here, right now. And I think that that's what some of, like, as people talk about self love. And self-acceptance, particularly when it comes to like body image, is a lot of the conversation that, that's out there. Um, 
the conversation is removing the expectation, is stopping to think, okay, I don't have to look like this swimsuit model. That, you know, um, I had one really good friend of mine, and she talks a lot about diet culture and about um, body image. And she says, you know, a, ch- a chihuahua is never going to hate itself for not being as big as a Great Dane, you know, and, and I now, right now, I can't even think of other <laughs> dog breeds, but like, there's no dog breeds that are like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to eat so that I can look like that poodle or whatever, you know, that no, they're never going to look like the poodle, right? And so it's kind of like removing this stupid expectation I have of being something that I'm not. Um, and just accepting and approving of who you are, right? And I, I mean, I have to say, like, I got a long ways to go on this. And so I'm not trying to lecture anyone. I'm just pointing out that as we make this, like, think of it. Rather than thinking of it as turning on the light, I'm a self-shamer, turning off the light, now I'm a self-lover. Or, you know, like it's not that black. It's kind of like this little nudge on on the dial. Like, can we just turn the dial a little bit more towards that self-love, self-acceptance? And as we do, watch how that affects your affects your relationship. Watch how it opens you up for love and for connection. I think that anytime I always like like yeah. I really don't like people who brag, right? And And so self-love is not arrogance. And so I, I don't know why I keep wanting to make that distinction. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Um, but I, and I, I have to thank you because I hadn't really like processed in that connectability. But I think that's absolutely true when we're really stuck in that self-shame. We can't connect. And the connection is everything. Yep. So, anyway. Well, that's that's all I had to say about that. Did we make it? That's it. Hey. That's all I got. Cool. <laughs> I I think hopefully David will um give us his his, his I think he's in a good level. mood. He's got poke, he's got the it, surf. It's true. So it's if he true. listens he to it tomorrow. No, if he's you know getting ready to go out surfing and he's listening to the podcast. He's going to roll off his shoulders. <laughs> okay. So as, as we wrap this up, um, I have a favor to ask of all of you that are listening. Um, as we're recording this, it's the first part of March and on March 21st, and this is 2019, we have an event that's coming up. It's in Harriman. This is my hometown. This is my stomping grounds. And I'm very 
humbled and and honored that um, the administration of Harriman High has invited us to come and do a Don't Freak Out event. And um, if you're local, please come. Please help spread the word. Um, I think that if you listen to the podcast and you're a podcast listener, there's probably people that you know that don't listen to podcasts and that still need this information. And you don't have to be like a longtime listener of the podcast, of course, to come and get a ton out of the Don't Freak Out event. Um, so I'm humbly asking to help spread the word. Um, we'll be posting images on our social media, on Instagram, at Light the Fight, on Facebook, at Light the Fight. And um, if you wouldn't mind helping your little circle of influence, um, know about it. Know that it's happening and help us get the word out. That would be awesome. I would appreciate it. And um, I think, like we said at the very beginning, we also have another parenting workshop coming up um, April 5th and 6th. Yep, April 5th and 6th. And actually on our website, there's two that are open because we're doing one May 3rd and 4th as well. So if you can't make it to the April 5th and 6th one, on the website, you can choose the dates for either April 5th and 6th or May 3rd and 4th. They're both going to be here in South Jordan. Just different venues. One's going to be at Noah's. Another one's going to be, I don't know the exact place but it's five ten minutes down the road so i will say this um the pricing that we have on the website there's an individual price it's three hundred dollars and then there's a couple price which am i right yep. it's five hundred correct for two people um the so you get basically a hundred dollars off if you come as a couple. Now, we do actually love it when a husband and wife comes together or, you know, a, a parenting partnership comes together because that makes a difference when you're on the same page. But you don't have to be married. We, we don't have to see any, like, so if you and your sister want to come, um, you, and a, you and a sibling, you any, and a friend, any pair, any pair gets that um, two for $500. And so I just wanted to let you know, I think nobody wants to come alone. Um, and so grab a friend, grab anybody, and you can sign up together and um, you get that extra $100 off. So the parenting workshop is a day and a half. So it's all day Friday, nine to five. We we cater lunch and then Saturday morning from nine until noon. So it's a phenomenal experience. And um, I think what David usually says is that it's the equivalent of like 12 or 15 therapy appointments. Like that's how far ahead <laughs> um, a at family least. could be. Yeah, at least. Um, and maybe even more. So like if you think about how much an individual therapy appointment is, it's usually over a hundred dollars. So you're really getting I don't know how many hours, but it's worth it 
um, you we provide a, a workbook that, um, frankly, it's fantastic because I designed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a little, that arrogance showing through. That self-love. Self-love, right, right. Hashtag self-love. Um, anyway, we would love to invite you to come to that. And um, the also, as always, we want to give a shout-out to our community partner, 1-800-CONTACTS, that really helps to make things happen around here. We're super thankful for them. Um, and then I'll just end by saying we would love it if you'd give us a review, if you would um, recommend us to those you come into contact with. And um, you guys, thanks for putting up with just me and Brandon, even though we're just not professionals at all. Yeah, no, not professionals <laughs> whatsoever. There are no extra initials lettering behind my name. That's right. We are just scrubs um, all trying to figure this out, right? Right, exactly. Um, but thank you for joining us, and thank you, as always, for helping us to light the fight. <laughs>